You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Live from Hampton Roads, this is The Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. I say this every time we do a show live from Chartway Arena. The closer and closer it is to game time, like there doesn't even have to be anyone particularly like talking to you or talking about the game. Just the intensity and the energy, you like feel it in the room rise a little bit. Everybody's getting ready for a game. Uh, ODU women's basketball here in Chartway tonight hosting Texas State. And uh, even though, I mean, there's, there's a decent amount of time before the game, but it's just that thermostat goes up a little bit every couple minutes uh, until eventually game time and, and, and you're ready to go. So, uh, Come on out and check the game out. That's my advice to you here at Chartway. Uh, we're here live today for the Tim Donnelly Show. Now here's a question for you. Will Brock Purdy be the starter for the Niners in 2023? That's been the question. A lot of talking about it. We've talked about it. I've heard others talk about it. I've listened to podcasts talk about it. The other shows on our network have talked about it. But I think we're overlooking kind of the right now for Purdy, Right. There's a lot of time for them to figure out who's going to be the guy next year for the Niners, but how do they get Brock Purdy ready for the Eagles on Sunday is a completely different beast. So that's where you focus, right? And that means you have to take on the Eagles, and that means you have to outduel Jalen Hurts. Here's Jalen Hurts talking about Purdy. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, he's, he's always been a, a really good player, has a lot of moxie. He makes plays, I and mean, he's been doing that since college, so there's no surprise to him when he was given this opportunity to see the success he's having now. All right, that's good. Right, and, and that's been, been most of what we're hearing, right? Most of what we're hearing is, is Purdy has been really efficient. Purdy, the moment, hasn't been too big for him. Purdy has had poise. Purdy has shown uh, maturity beyond his years. I've even said some of that. So I'm not making fun of anybody that's had those conversations. I'm just saying they've been had already. Herm Edwards on Fitz and Harry talking about what Kyle Shanahan has done to set up Purdy for success. Just keep running, and eventually they'll crack, and eventually the Dallas Cowboys crack. They started making some runs. Then off those runs, the play-action pass became, you know, big. Uh, we, we know what happened, right? Uh, you know, the kettle goes down there and catches the one-hander off his face mask. It bounced around three times, and he ends up catching it and, and running off with it, right, and making a big game. But the one thing that the San Francisco 49ers will not do, they will not abandon their ability to run the football. And they shouldn't abandon their ability to run the football for this reason. The Eagles' defense is really good. right? We've talked about Purdy, and I've, I've illustrated the conversations. Is he the guy next year? Poise, maturity, efficiency. The one thing he hasn't – or not one thing. The, he's only been in the league a little bit. There's a lot he hasn't done yet. But one of the things he hasn't done – he hasn't faced his own defense, right? So he hasn't faced the number one defense in the league. And the Eagles – their defense is about as close as Brock Purdy will get to facing his own defense, right? When you look at most of the, the overarching statistics, the Niners are number one, the Eagles are number two on, in, in defensive metrics, I guess that, that would be the way to say it. Uh, and in some ways, they're actually better. The Eagles' defense gave up the fewest amount of passing yards of any team in the NFL this season. 
The Eagles did. I'm not talking about the Niners. We talk about the Niners' defense a lot because they're number one, and people like talking about winners. But the Eagles' defense has given up the fewest passing yards in the NFL this season. So Brock Purdy has his biggest challenge of the year this weekend when it comes to just football, right? You, if we played in a vacuum, if, if this were uh, a COVID year and there's no fans in the stands and it doesn't really even matter what stadium you play in, he would have made this his more dif- most difficult challenge strictly by the players on the field. But there's another side of this matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles fans. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and you will never hear me go down the, this is the fan base that threw snowballs at Santa <laughs> Claus because it happened like 60 years ago. And I, I think that might be an exaggeration, but I don't really no, think. No, you're right. I was going to say, I think it's like 59 or something. Uh, I've been saying 60 for the last 20 years, so <laughs> like we finally grown into the exaggeration being accurate. Uh, I don't put a whole fan base under the, the judgment of what a couple of those fans did 60 years ago. But what I will say is it's, it's a passionate crowd, right? It's a passionate crowd. And, and if you're Purdy, not only is it a passionate crowd, you're not exactly uh, well-experienced playing on the road. Brock Purdy has essentially played eight games, okay? Uh, eight games where he had more than a couple pass times. Eight games. Six of them have been at home, including all of their playoff games. The two on the road were at Seattle and at Vegas. Now, at Seattle's a, a real environment. I'll give you that. Here's Brock Purdy talking about how he's, he's taking some of that experience from playing at Seattle into this weekend. Played Seattle that week and everything. He, he did say it was good preparation for what, or what we might have to you know, play in in terms of the playoffs, you know, going on the road for road games and obviously for Philadelphia. Like everything in, the, in these kind of games is all about communication. How can you operate smoothly, get, get in and out of the huddle, get the playoff in the right way, make sure everyone's on the same page. So it's definitely a big uh, emphasis this week just at practice with the little things, the details of uh, communicating and being on, on, on point, um, and that starts with the cadence. It's all of that is correct. Okay, I, I don't want to. I don't want to act or pretend as if that is incorrect. Those are the little things coaches talk about. Communication is key. All those sorts of things. But the fact that he answered with all of those little details means they've been going over all of those little details, and you don't go over those details with the veterans, right? You, you've you've never once had uh, you know pick your your multiple time All Pro quarterback going into a postseason game and they say like hey, it's going to be a raucous crowd what do you think and they go like well we're going to work on the cadence we're going to we're going to get our, our silent snap count down we're, we 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 have a little bit of experience i did start in seattle this year so i i know what a loud stadium is like it, it's it's good right like that's all accurate i'm again i'm not downgrading what he's saying but i'm saying like if if those things are on top of mind guess what's not the read, the adjustments, the the, the play, right? The, the, like the actual content that you're normally thinking of pre-snap. And quarterbacks pre-snap, brains running a mile a minute, and they have to be. That's that's why you play the position. So I, 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 if I'm Philly, I feel like this is and, – and like this is the last thing Philadelphia fans need to hear. I feel like this is a week you can actually impact the game. Most weeks, eh, Right? When I played in college, the, like the biggest stadium we played on the road was like 35,000 people. If they got as loud as they possibly could, maybe affected us a little bit. But if we're being honest, they were just getting loud for, for themselves, right? They were, just, they were just getting jacked up. 
which was fun for them. Hey, go go nuts visiting fan base or, or home fan base. But, it, you know, I, if I needed to, I could yell and everyone could hear me. But if you're in a like a NFL stadium, 60,000, 70,000, and everybody is a little tuned up maybe, right, maybe tailgating for a while, and everybody is jacked up, and everybody is stomping their feet, and everybody is, uh, you know, sound makers and screaming, you can actually affect this game, which I think is cool. Like, I, as a fan, you want to be able to impact the game, right? It, it, that helpless feeling of watching a team, right, your, your team's up 14, and the tides start turning, and you start giving away that lead. As a fan, you're helpless, right? You're like, no, what can I do? What can I help? So, right, star player gets hurt. What's the first thing everybody on Twitter says? Take my leg. I don't need my Achilles. Take mine. Right? You, you want to be able to help. You can't do it. You kind of can this week. You have a seventh-round rookie quarterback who has yet to be rattled. Take that as a challenge. He's only played two away games, none in the postseason. This is an NFC championship game in Philadelphia. I feel like if you don't get a bunch of false starts and delay games, we need to take away some kind of the cred that we give Philly. When you ask a player, what was the toughest place to play? They almost always go, well, Philly, uh, you know, uh, then they name, you know, surprisingly enough, also um, Oakland. It's like, what? <laughs> like, they, they, they have their story, but that Philly is like the default right at the beginning. If, if you can't get under the skin of Brock Purdy a little bit in this one, I think we might have to take away some of the credit we, we give you by default. Right? I, I want a, a bad read, not even a bad read. I want a miscommunication interception where uh, Brandon Ayuk breaks hard out and the ball is thrown as if he's breaking in and, and Purdy and him have to look at each other and do the palms to the sky thing as they walk off the field, right? And it's, oh, I thought you know me. I, I, I called out, right? Like uh, uh, what was um, – remember the Titans? I omaha Rev. I swear, I omaha They need to be walking off saying like, I checked it. I did. I swear I checked it. I didn't hear anything. What, well, you had 70,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs, fly, eagles, fly. Right? That's what I'm looking for. And that's Purdy's challenge because Purdy's going to have to deal with that. And if he comes out on the other side, still everyone talking about poise and maturity, then maybe we, we vault him up a little bit higher. And then if he goes on to be like the next Tom Brady, we can give the points back to Philly that we took <laughs> away. We'll retroactively return them to, to, to Philadelphia fans. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Call and text lines are open, 757-687-9494. Matter of fact, I want to address a, a bunch of these texts coming in. Uh, we talked earlier about Rogers, uh, Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets potentially. They hired one of his old assistant coaches as their offensive coordinator. Uh, their, their owner said they'd be willing to pay the price of two draft picks. All of these things happening. The, the Packers... There's a leak that they won't trade him to the NFC. Obviously, the Jets are in the AFC. So it's all kind of lining up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said that he loves wearing green. He thinks it brings out his eyes. No, I'm kidding. That's, that didn't actually happen. <laughs> but, uh, but a lot of these texts, I'm just going to say he, uh, Aaron Rodgers is not being praised, right? There's a lot of anti-Rodgers. I'm just going to pick one. and, and Actually, we'll, we'll pick the most recent one uh, about Rodgers. I'm going to read it, and I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to say just the one added element to the conversation that we're missing, or I think a lot of the texters are missing. From the 757, Aaron does not will his teams over the edge to win games. If all is great, he is great. But if not, he gives up and they get a loss. He does not have the it factor to get guys to play for him. Okay. 
for the sake of the argument, I don't necessarily believe all of that, for the sake of the argument, if we just say agreed, we, we treat that as fact, right? Do you have anyone else better? Do you have anyone else better? Because if you don't, then you do what you can to get Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, I'm not saying to pick him over somebody with the it factor, right? I'm not saying to pick him over Mahomes or Burrow or Lamar. I'm saying to pick him over everything else that the Jets could do with the quarterback position in the next two years. That's that's the question, right? It, it's it's uh, similarly, we had someone call in uh, talking about how, how they didn't understand the Frank Reich hire. And one of the things you have to ask yourself is if you're going to criticize that hire, who would you rather have? The, the, the caller said, said Eric Bieniemy. Interesting conversation. We can have those. But I don't believe there's someone better out there for the Jets. And if they think their window is right now, you're going to waste a window because you're waiting for a guy with the it factor? They, those guys might not exist. They might not be around. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio, 94.1. We're here at Chartway Arena, <laughs> and a couple of the lights just went out. So uh, we're going to hope we're not losing power of any kind. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we get to our locks of the weekend. We did this last week, uh, and it was a good time, so we're going to do it again. You can't predict everything of an NFL football weekend, but sometimes you can predict one thing. What are you absolutely certain of? What is your one-time lock of the week? Coming up next. This is The Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. You're listening to The Tim Donnelly Show, where it's okay to yell and scream at each other as long as you get a drink after on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1, live from Chartway Arena, home of the ODU Monarchs basketball, both men's and women's, women's, home game tonight against Texas State, so hopefully we're talking to a whole bunch of you driving this way as we speak in your cars, tuned into the station, getting ready for a exciting game tonight. That's all, again, happening tonight, the Texas State at ODU Women's Monarchs game. Now, what is your lock for the weekend? The past couple of weekends, I think we've proven you can't predict an entire NFL weekend. You can't. Uh, which players are going to shine, which teams are going to falter, which uh, endings are going to be exciting. It's, it's too much. It's too crazy. Part of the reason we love it is because you can't script it. You can't predict it. But I do think there's usually one or two things going into a, a, a weekend or going into a, a conference championship weekend where, like, if you really looked into your heart of hearts, you're pretty certain, right? Like, I'm, I, I may not know everything, but I know this one thing. Last week... I was certain Dak was going to throw an interception, right? I may, I may not know everything. I didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how it was all going to go down. I didn't know who was going to win. I had my guesses. I had my thoughts. I, you know, I, there's a good chance of this happening. There's a good chance of that happening. But I knew Dak Prescott was going to throw an interception, right? He didn't the previous week, and I was like, that guy's due. He threw two of them just to make me doubly right. So this week, what are you certain of? What is your lock? 757 687 Nine four nine four. You can call in at that number, or you can text in seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. We already saw a couple coming in on the text line. I'll give you mine first. Uh, I am certain Joe Burrow is going to be running for his life, and he's going to take a bunch of hits. Last week, one of the stories of the week that I couldn't predict was the makeshift offensive line for the Bengals held up admirably. Did a very very good job, uh, and and it's almost like that game 
everyone went, oh, okay, never mind. We don't have to worry about them. Check. And we moved on. I think there's a few things. One, it was snow on the ground. And it's hard to cut and move and plant with snow on the ground. It's much easier to just run in straight lines. And as an offensive lineman, you love when defensive linemen just run in straight lines and you can kind of predict what's coming. That made it a bit easier. Also, I don't want to sell the Chiefs' defensive line short. Right? They're, they're not the best in the NFL. Uh, they're, they're not even the, the best sack artists in the NFL. But they get to the quarterback a lot, meaning even if it's not getting the quarterback on the ground with the ball, they get a lot of hits. They get a lot of hurries. They get a lot of knockdowns. And, and if you are a, a defensive line with that in your disposal, that in your, your resume, and you are going up against a team with a largely makeshift offensive line, I think you have a lot of success. So I am certain I'm going to throw three sacks. Three sacks for Joe Burrow, hit a bunch else. I'm certain of it. Actually, if I'm going to be certain of it, two two sacks. Just makes it easier on me. So what are you certain of? 757-687-9494. Pablo in Arizona. Uh, we're hearing from Pablo a lot. I like, I like having the Arizona uh, connection, especially because the Super Bowl is out that way. Uh, Pablo's on the call in line, 757-687-9494. Pablo, what is your lock? Hey, first and foremost, thanks for having me on here. And yeah, I've been calling a lot. I guess mm-hmm. you could say I'm excited about my 49ers, but I a lot. Hey, I, I, I love it. Sure. I love it. No, I appreciate it, man. That's really cool of you guys. But I, I've got Brandon Ayuk making two touchdowns this weekend. Wow. I can feel it. I think he's going to have at least two touchdowns this weekend. Okay. I, I appreciate the call in, Pablo. Uh, stay stay uh, warm out there in Arizona. Sam, right? can, can, can I redraft Brandon Ayuk? Oh, <laughs> if Pablo's that certain, if that is his lock of the week, I need every touchdown I can get. There we go. Snake draft. <laughs> Snake draft. Uh, I didn't pick Ayuk, did I? Nope. Um, Jay Mason in the uh, two five four. I am certain that Mahomes will not finish the game. Ooh. Now you're not hoping for it, I assume, right? You, we, injuries. Even if you're a Bengals fan, you don't want you don't want to win because Mahomes gets hurt, right? What about this? What if he doesn't finish the game because they're up by forty? That's fair. Does that count? Is Jay Mason getting a win in that one? If if they throw in Chad Henney because anything is possible in the fourth quarter? From the 804, Jalen Hurts will rush for 100 yards. I think he'll rush more. I think finished with 30, I think, 34, something like that last week. Um, Jalen Hurts rushing for 100 is a big number. But also, you know, it, it, we talk about this with Lamar Jackson a lot. There are certain situations when you do kind of take the speed governor off most of the time. If you have a running quarterback, you're doing everything you possibly can to not put them in harm's way, right? You're like, oh, I know you can run, but I don't want you taking too many hits. I know you can run, but uh, let's use the threat of you running to open up other parts of our offense. And then then you get to like an AFC champion or an NFC championship game or a Super Bowl, and you go, you know what? Forget saving you. Let's do whatever plays most likely to get us the first down. So if Jalen Hurts tucks it and run a bunch, I mean – he might get 100 yards, and it might be on 20 carries or something like that, rather than, uh, you know, a 60-yard run or a Justin Fields-style 100 yards where it's, you know, two 40-yarders and a 30-yarder and to check. That's how Justin Fields does it. Uh, and that's that's not even a, a, a joke, really. It's barely an exaggeration. <laughs> Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. We're looking for your locks of the week. You can't know everything, but – you can be certain about one thing, right? So let's go to the text line. Lock of the week from the 614. Tyler Boyd touchdown. Is this like the, what do they call it in magic? The flourish, right? 
you, you got everyone looking at Jamar Chase, but then the smart people are going, no, 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 don't look at Jamar Chase, look at T. Higgins. And then the magician is going, no, it's Tyler Boyd, right? Guess who's doing the magic on, on stage with the big magic tricks all the time? The assistant. It's the assistant. Because everyone's watching the magician, the assistant's just in the back going like, all right, yeah, take the saw out, put the, put the rabbit in the hat, and then cover it all back up. No one's looking at it. Tyler Boyd, I don't, I don't hate that move. Uh, A.J. Brown coming off a bad game. That's from the 757. Uh, A.J. Brown coming off a bad game goes, oh, never goes under 60. I thought they were saying coming <laughs> off a bad game goes less than 60 yards. Uh, all right, so they're saying A.J. Brown 60 yards and a touchdown. I mean, A.J. Brown wants it. We, 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 we'll have some audio for you tomorrow of A.J. Brown saying, I'm not a diva, I'm just a wide receiver, I want the ball. Paraphrasing, but that's basically exactly what he said. Uh, the, only, the only problem I have with, with A.J. Brown right now is I want to make sure he and Jalen Hurts are on such good terms that A.J. Brown being held to three catches for 23 yards, 22 yards uh, last week isn't something that Jalen Hurts is worried about. A.J. Brown can be worried about it. I don't want a, uh, Jalen Hurts going out there saying, I have to get A.J. Brown the ball because Jalen Hurts has to let the defense tell him where to throw the ball just like he always does. Which, by the way, just to show you how rough of a week A.J. Brown had last week, even though it was a blowout win, he had 23 yards at the end of the game. A stat correction took him to 22 like two days after <laughs> the game. He went from three catches for 23 yards to three catches for 22, and that change happened on, like, Tuesday. So that's, that's, uh, that's what he's dealing with. Tim, I got a lock. I think there's going to be more zoom-ins on Patrick Mahomes' ankle <laughs> than ever before. I think the, the, the speculation of how it really is, how's the, how's the tape job? Is it new tape than it was in the first half? How's he feeling? How's he walking? They're going to be talking about his ankle the entire game, but I got, I got a feeling – there's going to be a camera locked in on that ankle all, all game. Let me ask you this, and this is a side question. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the, the, the gritty is a thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a dance. It's a celebration. And there's, a, there's recently been an, an uh, addition, not an audition, an addition to the gritty, which is like you run like you're going to celebrate. You go, ah, you grab your hamstring. You take like three steps of, of walking limping. And then you go into the gritty, and everybody goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. It's, it's, I don't know if it, it was funny the first time, but it's definitely not funny now. But uh, would you be willing, if you're Patrick Mahomes, if you throw a touchdown, to do like a heavy ankle limp, like, ah, ah, and like maybe get an offensive lineman over to, to help you, and then go into the gritty? Because you want to talk about, like, I just want to hear Tony Romo. I don't know which game they have. I want Tony Romo going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, my goodness, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he's grittying. He got me because the overreactions would be aggressive. I think you have to be up by multiple scores if he does that. I think you have to. I want to do it first, first, first completion. First, first completion. <laughs> first completion, like a little four-yard out to Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Starts limping off. Everyone's face goes white. He gritties, and then they go deep on the second play. I mean, I don't hate it. That's my lock of the week that that is going to happen. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. You can keep those locks coming in, 757-687-9494. The NFL Awards finalists came out. We know who's in the running for MVP, Comeback Player of the Year, all of the awards. The story that everyone talks about are snubs. Why isn't Sirianni a final for the Coach of the Year? I think the better story is which finalists don't make any sense. 
Two of them coming up next. He's a fan of logic and reason, except when it comes to Tiger Woods. The Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler here at Chartway Arena along with me, live getting uh, getting set for the ODU women's basketball game here in Chartway Arena. As I mentioned, the energy continuing to rise. Uh, Richie Somerville back at the studio, uh, making sure everything's running smoothly. Here we go. The N- NFL Awards finalists were revealed, and I try to stay away from the, the finalist lists, but something stuck out to me with with the reaction. The reaction was all about snubs, right? And, the, you know, I don't, I don't even know if Brian Robinson was eligible to be comeback player of the year because he's a rookie and probably not. Uh, Nick Sirianni apparently was on a list the AP revealed of the top five coach of the year candidates, but then they limited it to three finalists, and he wasn't on it, and Philadelphia got really mad. Um, Brandon Graham, not on the comeback player of the year, was a big one. Uh, Tyler Algier, if you go down to Atlanta, they're mad he's not on the Offensive Rookie of the Year stuff, ran for 1,000 yards. Uh, I actually think it's more interesting to talk about finalists that don't make any sense, right? So they were included on the list, and I don't quite get it. So we'll start with uh, – oh, actually, no, we'll start here. Awards matter, okay? For everyone that's going to scream, why do we care? They matter because – when you're having a Hall of Fame debate, you bring him up, right? You, you know, he's got more MVPs. He's got he did this. He's the offensive rookie of the year. All of that matters, okay? So you can say it doesn't, but then you would have to be the one sports fan that never references it when talking about ranking players or legacies or who was the best of an era, right? What we, Drew Brees can't be in the, the mix with Brady and Manning. Why? He was never a first-team All-Pro, never won an MVP. Okay, That's a, that sounds like a good argument to me. But if you don't believe our awards matter, then that's not a good argument to you. So what is Geno Smith on the Comeback Player of the Year finalists for? Because <laughs> they not, wrote him off, Tim. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't a great story. I'm not saying it wasn't a, a great season. Exactly. They wrote him off. He didn't write back. I, like, what is he coming back from? What is Geno Smith coming back from? Playing bad? That, is that what it is? Credit to him for getting better. Right, if there was a most improved award, put him at the top of the list. But I, I like the comeback player of the year. Doesn't that have to be like something that that knocked you down and you came back? Don't you, doesn't it have to be like something out of your control and you an injury, an illness, uh, some some something? What did he come back from? Did he come back from backing up Russell Wilson? I just I, like I think of the comeback player like Saquon's on there, Christian McCaffrey's on there, Brandon Graham probably should have been on there. These are guys that suffered major adversity. Geno Smith had to get his confidence back. He what? These guys missed full seasons of playing football. Geno Smith was there. The coaches chose not to play him. I just how is that comeback player of the year? Confused. Uh, how is Brock Purdy on the Rookie of the Year finalists? He's not even a rookie of the half year because he didn't play ha- more than half the year. He played six games at the end of the regular season, and it is a regular season award to note. So you can't take into account his, his playoff play. You can't take in that, that really good wild card weekend. 
So six games? In that case, it's Brees Hall. Because Brees Hall, he played a different six games but it, or a different small portion of the season, but it was still way more impressive than what Brock Purdy did. Brock Purdy was, was tremendously impressive. Again, don't make me out to be like I'm knocking him. I'm just saying if Rookie of the Year is the, the, the award, it has to be Rookie of the Year, which Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave is not a finalist. Chris Olave has to be a finalist. Brock Purdy in six games got to play with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. And Chris Olave over a season had to play with Andy Dalton slash Jameis Winston slash Taysom Hill. And lastly, let's look at the MVP race. First of all, we know who the MVP is going to be. Dominic, Dominique, excuse me, Dominique Foxworth was on Get Up with the, uh, the obvious answer. Yeah, well, Jefferson, it's nice to see him in there, but he doesn't stand a chance. I would love for some <laughs> right. non-quarterback to yeah. win it, but I think it's easy. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Yeah, the, what he's done, the, the job that he's done is remade a team. They're winning in a different way. All those other quarterbacks are very good, but we're kind of seeing them on their first run. And Patrick Mahomes has had better numbers than them and offensively has been better than them in a recreation of this offense. And I think that's incredibly yeah. impressive. We always talk about how – how a team's going to continue to win once they start playing their quarterback. Mahomes did do a flexible deal for them, but it's still really impressive without Tyreek Hill. Hmm. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Fine. But let's look at the finalists. I, I want to make a new rule. Now, this isn't skirting a rule. I want to make a new rule. If you lead the league in turnovers, you don't get to be an MVP finalist. I think that's a fair rule, right? Turnovers... Every coach will tell you they're the killers, right? They're the things that rob you of wins the most. Every commentator will say, oh, you just can't turn the ball over. You just can't do it. If you lead the league in turnovers, you can't be the MVP. Josh Allen is an MVP finalist. He led the league in turnovers. I think that needs to, needs to be corrected. And everyone's like, oh, I love that Justin Jefferson got to be a finalist. Fine, put Nick Bosa in there. Put a non-quarterback rather than the quarterback that leads the league in turnovers. This is a side conversation, but I'm, uh, I can confirm that we are being spied on. During that commercial break, or not even during that commercial break, when that last bit of audio was playing, I refreshed my Twitter feed. Twitter gave me a, a you-might-like tweet. So this is not based on things that I've liked. This is not based on someone I follow. It just says, you might like, and it's from a, a gentleman by the name of Michael Sicoli, who uh, looks like he is a, a podcaster for a Quinnipiac University. Uh, I don't know. So I, <laughs> I say that just to say I have no connection to him. Like It's not like a friend of a friend style. Uh, and the tweet reads, Tyler Algier has a more worthy offensive rookie of the year case than Brock Purdy which is literally something I said out loud <laughs> almost word for word two minutes before I refreshed my Twitter feed. And now Twitter's like, you might like this. They might agree with you. Half the season we didn't know how to pronounce his name. I was calling him uh, Allgaier. Al Allgaier. Allgaier. It's Algier. Uh, I wonder if I would have pronounced it differently if, if Twitter would still be listening. That's a good question. That's scary. Like, I'm, I'm all for, like, if you cough a lot and you carry a phone, I don't mind them them giving you like a little, <laughs> like, hey, here's some cough medicine advertisements. But that's a little too specific. <laughs> T 
Tyler, Tyler Algier has a more worthy offensive rookie of the year case than Brock Purdy. The thing has 12 likes. This is just like some, not no disrespect to Mike, Michael Sicoli. In my world, that's just some guy that tweeted and his close friends were like, haha, yeah. And Twitter's like, that's exactly what I just heard said in this conversation. I should put it on his Twitter feed. I don't know how I feel about this. And if you're listening, Twitter, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Get your texts in now, 757-687-9494, because when we come back, we're going to read your text and we're going to ask, does that do anything for you? Stick around. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. All day, you've been texting the Tim Donnelly Show at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask, does that do anything for you? On ESPN Radio 94.1. That's right. Does that do anything for you? Brought to you by Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. And Tim, we started the show with the breaking news that Frank Reich was hired in Carolina. A lot of texters are curious. Does that mean Carson Wentz? is on his way to Carolina right now. Uh, Fool Frank Reich once, (laughs) shame on you. Fool Frank Reich twice, shame on Frank Reich. Uh, I don't know who Frank Reich is going to bring in as his quarterback. I know who it's not going to be. (laughs) I think you can check off Matt Ryan. I think you can check off Carson Wentz, Sam Ellinger, uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Phil Rivers, you can check off a whole bunch of guys that, that didn't necessarily work out with him once already. So I think we'll get new, fresh blood in the Frank Reich quarterback system. From the 804, what do you think about Will Levis from Kentucky being a good fit for Carolina at that number nine position? Here's the, the – pro- Levis is, is a – he comes from the tools line of prospects, right? Like the Josh Allens where it's like, I don't know if he had all the success in college, but height, weight – athleticism, arm strength, looks the part, could be cast in the movie as the the stud quarterback, got all of that. Here's the problem with Levis. Um, He's going to take at least a year, right? Him and Anthony Richardson as well, the the Florida quarterback. They're going to take time to develop. And if you're willing to wait for your quarterback to be elite, why not wait for Caleb Williams and Drake May, right? Why why not wait for somebody that's going to be polished as soon as they arrive and and have that extra year of – uh, contract control. So I'm not taking Levis, not because I don't think he can't one day be a really good quarterback, because those, I mean, the traits jump off the tape, but I'm not taking Levis because I'm like, if I'm going to take you to put you on the bench and wait a year, then I'm just going to put someone else on the bench, wait a year, and do my best to get Caleb Williams or Drake May because I think their ceiling is much higher. From KW, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers potentially heading to the, the Jets. The Jets can pull this off. It's a huge Huge win for them. It makes them immediate contenders. Makes the Jets immediate contenders. Correct. You know what? I think there's nuance to that conversation. I don't think it's a certainty. But I know how much Jets fans are starving for this. I even made a joke. Uh, on, on Twitter, I, I made a joke. I said, uh, "There's the, the okay, they, they signed Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. I said, the Jets are so all in on Aaron Rodgers, they're about to hire a team spirit guy just to make him comfortable when he gets to New York City. And that's a joke. It's a mediocre joke. It's a joke. And uh, a buddy of mine who actually, uh, he's a play-by-play guy for for some Virginia Tech sports, is a diehard Jets fan. And he just wrote, we need him, Tim. (laughs) And it, it it was like, I know you're joking, 
but Jets fans are dead serious about this. We need we need something good in our lives, uh, and I kind of I'm gonna let Jets fans have it. So yes, immediate contender, just for your own peace of mind. From the five four zero, if you're the Jets, and I think I know the answer, but we're gonna ask it anyway. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers for two first first round picks or Lamar Jackson for two first plus some? I mean, that's I'm not giving you an open line of credit with the plus some. Like that's very open ended. Uh, as long as it's plus something reasonable, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean, one of them's, you know, mid-20s. And I'm talking like mid-20s, not when you're 28 and you say you're still in your mid-20s. Like, he's mid-20s, and Rodgers is, like, 40. So, not quite, but close. Uh, I want the younger guy. I want the more dynamic guy. And if I'm giving up two first-round picks, again, as long as that something is something reasonable, give me Lamar every single day. We've had a lot of texts coming in talking about the potential of Rodgers going to the Jets. They're comparing it a lot to Wilson to the Broncos, a, a mediocre season, getting a, a big draft. They, they don't think he would be that good next year or the next couple of years. Okay, well, let's, 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 let's break this down mathematically. Uh, let's say a late career switch where you were mediocre the year before, you get 50% of that quarterback. 50% of Russell Wilson What's 50% of zero MVP votes in your career? 50% of zero is zero. You get nothing. Let's, what about 50% of four MVPs? You get a two-time MVP. Aaron Rodgers, right? The fact of the matter is they're not starting from the same level of expectations. Aaron Rodgers is simply a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. From the 757, we got some guarantees, some locks for the week. I love it. Tim, guaranteed just over one touchdown gritty after a touchdown is <laughs> scored. At least one. At least one gritty? At least one well, gritty. If, if the Bengals score, a gritty's a lock. I mean, that's yep. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson argue kind of about over who brought it to the the, the masses. Uh, so if, if Chase scores, it's a gritty. Uh, really, if anyone on that that team scores, then Chase will gritty. Um, so so yeah, I, I like it. I, I like the over in one gritty this weekend. I think the over will hit. From the 757, you asked, would you, would you rather have Kelsey or Jamar Chase? This texter said it's easy. Jamar Chase, because he's got T. Higgins on the other side. I mean, if we're just picking teams, if we're just picking rosters, uh, give me Travis Kelsey because he comes with Patrick Mahomes, right? Give, give, give me Travis Kelsey because he comes with Patrick Mahomes. Give me Travis Kelsey because he comes with Andy Reid. Travis Kelsey gets to be today's top shot. If you want to be a top shot, check out Freedom Shooting Center, the pre premier shooting range and gun store in Hampton Roads. That's uh, going to do it for us from live right here in Chartway Arena. Uh, thank you to Richie back at the studio, uh, making sure we're, we were taken care of all day. Thank you to Robbie for running things out here. And most importantly, thank you to all of you that called and texted in. Tomorrow is a football Friday, AFC, NFC Conference Championship Edition. So get your texts in now, 757-687-9494. Thank you to Larry King Law. If you're ever injured in an accident, give him a call, 757-INJ. U-R-E-D. Make your way out here for the game. Thank you to ODU for hosting us. Uh, Chartway Arena, women's basketball, ODU, women taking on Texas State tonight. Enjoy the game. 757 at 6 up next.